Hello, this is Nikta from Newslaundry.com bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Sunday, the 20th of September. India's coronavirus tally crossed 54 lakh or 5.4 million today after more than 92,000 new cases were reported in the last 24 hours. The death toll rose by more than 1,100 to reach over 86,000. Kerala and Gujarat both reported their highest rise in single-day cases so far. While Kerala reported over 4,600 new cases, Gujarat reported more than 1,400. Maharashtra, the worst-hit state in the country, reported close to 22,000 new infections, taking its tally to over 11,88,000. The Rajasthan government has imposed Section 144 in 11 districts, which include Jaipur, Jodhpur, Kota, Ajmer, Alwar, Bilwara, Bikaner, Udaipur, Sikar, Pali and Nagore. The Sikkim government too yesterday announced a lockdown in the capital Gangtok. The state has reported over 2,300 infections with 28 fatalities so far. With the current monsoon session of the parliament ongoing amidst the pandemic, the government decided on Saturday after consulting with the opposition that the Lok Sabha sessions will be curtailed by several days. This comes after three MPs who had been present during sessions tested positive for COVID-19 earlier this week. This was days after their mandatory test reports had turned out negative. The session in Lok Sabha is likely to wrap up by Wednesday next week and the Rajya Sabha is expected to follow suit. 17 members of the Lok Sabha and 8 members from the Rajya Sabha had tested positive in the mandatory tests that were carried out before the monsoon session of the parliament began. Earlier this week, Union Minister Nitin Gadkari and Prahlad Patel, who had tested negative before the session, were found positive for COVID-19. Before ending the session, however, the centre wants to clear 11 ordinances apart from the three controversial farm bills that have already been passed in the Lok Sabha. Talking about the farm bills and the monsoon session, there was a huge ruckus in the Rajya Sabha today over the same bills. Like I mentioned in yesterday's episode of Daily Dose, the bills are being vehemently opposed by farmers across the country and the opposition as well. Farmers are of the fear that the new bills will deprive them of minimum support price or MSP that acts as a safety net for them and instead bring about corporate control. Extensive protests have been going on across states like Punjab, Haryana and Uttar Pradesh in the past few days. Farmers in Haryana and Punjab today lined up their tractors along the Delhi Chandigarh Highway in a chakka jam or road blockade to protest against the new bills. Trinamool Congress MP Derek O'Brien said in the Rajya Sabha today, and I quote, Prime Minister said that opposition is misleading the farmers. You, that is the centre, said double farmer income by 2022. But at current rates, the farmer income will not be doubled before 2028. Your credibility is low to make such promises. Unquote. Delhi Chief Minister Arvind Kejriwal also urged non-BJP parties to vote against the farm bills in the Rajya Sabha. Congress leader Pratap Singh Bajwa called the bills a death warrant for farmers. Shiv Sena and Shiromani Akali Dal were among the parties who expressed their disapproval over the bills. Proceedings in the upper house were adjourned for a short while after opposition parties surrounded the well of the house and protested against the government's alleged hurry to push the bills. O'Brien stood in front of the deputy chairman's seat and tried to show him the rule book of the house. In fact, Rajya Sabha TV decided to mute the audio while opposition parties protested and shouted slogans against the bills. The session resumed afterwards. However, despite the opposition, 
two of the three bills that is the farmers and produce trade and commerce promotion and facilitation bill of 2020 and the farmers empowerment and protection agreement on price assurance and farm services bill 2020 were passed in the rajya sabha by a voice vote the opposition had been demanding a division of vote instead which was not allowed Trinamool Congress MP Derek O'Brien accused the government of murdering the parliamentary system and democracy. In a video shared via his Twitter handle, O'Brien said, and I quote, "The government did not allow us in the opposition on the farmers bill. They knew they weren't in a position to pass the bills, so they cut Rajya Sabha TV feed so that the country could not see our protest." Unquote. He also said that the MPs from the opposition went on to sit on a dharna inside the Rajya Sabha after the bills were passed. The Delhi police on Saturday claimed that journalist Rajiv Sharma, who was arrested under the Official Secrets Act on September 14th, was allegedly passing on sensitive information to Chinese intelligence agencies. Police also added that a Chinese woman, King Shi, and a Nepalese man, Sher Singh, also known as Raj Bora, have also been booked along with Sharma after classified documents related to defence were recovered from their possession. The journalist was produced before a magistrate on September 15th and was sent into custody for 6 days. His bail hearing is due on September 22nd. Meanwhile, the Press Club of India on Saturday criticized the Delhi police for the arrest, calling the police action against Sharma high-handed and mind-boggling. The Press Club in its statement said, and I quote, "We are astounded to hear of the arrest of Rajiv Sharma, a well-known independent journalist of long standing and a member of the Press Club of India." This is on account of the dubious track record of the special branch. More generally also the record of Delhi police is hardly a shining one. Unquote. The statement also pointed out that Sharma wrote on strategic affairs and may well have accessed overclassified information routinely on the internet which is in the public domain. Rajiv Sharma worked earlier for United News of India, The Tribune, Free Press Journal and Sakal Times. He had been working as a freelancer lately and his area of expertise was foreign affairs and defense. He also runs a YouTube channel called Rajiv Kishkinda. Soon after the news of his arrest came, Sharma's Twitter account displayed the message, "This account is temporarily restricted." His tweets were no longer accessible and the message further read, "You are seeing this warning because there has been some unusual activity from this account." Rajiv Sharma's name had also figured among those who were allegedly snooped upon by Pegasus and Israeli spyware. In October 2019, media reports had suggested that the spyware was used to conduct cyber espionage on several activists, academicians, lawyers, and journalists. Dear listeners, we at News Laundry have been consistently reporting on the dwindling press freedom in our country. Most of you understand that press freedom is an invaluable element of a functioning democracy. If you are a regular listener of Daily Dose, you will know how I keep reminding you of our falling score on the World Press Freedom Index. We are currently at number 142 out of 180 countries. Even Afghanistan, Palestine and Brazil with Bolsonaro is ahead of us. To give you more perspective, Russia with a president like Vladimir Putin is at 149. Let that sink in. I hope you now understand why we at News Laundry keep harping about the importance of independent media. We believe and I'm sure you can clearly see that news cannot serve true public interest if it is dependent on advertisements. In fact, a lot of time these days, not only does it not serve public interest, but actually it ends up harming it in irreversible ways. Take the recent case of Sushant Singh Rajput for example. 
Two news laundry subscribers, Ankit and Anshu, using tools of data science, showed that some primetime TV news channels spent as much as 70% of their time on Sushant Singh Rajput's death prior to the arrest of Riya Chakrabarti on September 8th. And how much time did some of them spend on the economy, especially after the steep fall in GDP? Less than 5%. Yes, you heard that right. Read their report under the media section on newslaundry.com. So, dear listeners, it is time for you to step up as citizens of this democracy and save news. You can do that by supporting independent media houses like ours. Subscribe to News Laundry and pay to keep news free. Kerala Chief Minister Pinarayi Vijayan yesterday launched the first phase of a model project that aims to improve and facilitate the education of students belonging to the scheduled caste and scheduled tribe. Considering there are many members of the SCNST community who do not have adequate facilities at home for their children to study, the government has been providing financial assistance of 2 lakh rupees to the members of the community to set up a study room near their houses. The chief minister said that study materials, including computers, will be made available when the rooms are completed. He also said, and I quote, Today marks the inauguration of the completion of 12,250 study rooms across the state. Unquote. The Kerala government said an additional 3,750 study rooms will be completed this year and 8,500 study rooms will be created by 2021. Under the same project, community or public study rooms are also being set up for students from the scheduled tribe. 250 such community study rooms have already been set up using public facilities such as community halls. The government aims to have a total of 500 community study rooms. The Chief Minister also announced that the lump sum grant and stipend for SAST students has been increased by 50%. A scheme has also been started for medical and engineering entrance examination coaching for 1,000 SC students who have completed PLUS2. Also, steps have been taken to provide free training to 300 people in the Civil Service Academy under the state government. And now for some international updates. More than 30.6 million people around the world have been diagnosed with COVID-19 and almost 954,000 have died. Australia reported only 14 new cases today, which is the lowest daily increase in coronavirus cases in three months thanks to the strict lockdown imposed in areas with high case loads, including Melbourne. In England, with the possibility of a second lockdown looming large, more than 1,000 people gathered in central London to protest despite lockdown measures and threats of heavy fines up to almost £10,000. British Health Minister Matt Hancock said a second national lockdown was one possible step to curb the spread of the virus, but it could be avoided if everybody followed basic safety rules. Brazil and Argentina have announced that they are joining a global alliance seeking to pool COVID-19 vaccines after missing an earlier deadline. Peru said it signed a deal giving the country access to 12 million doses of COVID-19 vaccines through the COVID-19 Vaccines Global Access Facility, or COVAX, which is a scheme for pooled purchase and distribution of future vaccines. The World Health Organization, meanwhile, has endorsed a protocol for testing African herbal medicines as potential treatments for the coronavirus and other epidemics. WHO experts and members from two other organizations endorsed a protocol for phase 3 clinical trials of herbal medicine for COVID-19, as well as a charter and terms of reference for the establishment of a data and safety monitoring board for herbal medicine clinical trials. After the death of pioneering American Supreme Court justice and a champion for equality and women's rights, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, the fears of her supporters that a conservative could replace her have come close to turning out to be true. 
This is chiefly because the ideological balance in the nine-member Supreme Court is crucial to its rulings on the most important issues in U.S. law. U.S. President Donald Trump, however, has said that next week he will nominate a woman to replace the late Supreme Court justice. At a campaign rally in North Carolina, Trump supporters chanted, Fill that seat, urging him to take the rare opportunity and nominate a third justice to a lifetime appointment in the court before his presidential term comes to an end. In the U.S. Supreme Court, justices serve for life or until they choose to retire. Trump's Democratic rival, Joe Biden, insists that the decision on her replacement should wait until after the vote. Justice Ginsburg, or RBG as she was popularly known, had herself expressed her concerns over the same and said that her replacement should be appointed after the U.S. election scheduled for November this year. Trump, after conducting what he joked was a very scientific poll of the crowd at his North Carolina rally of whether supporters wanted a man or a woman, declared that the choice would be a very talented and a very brave woman. He said, and I quote, I will be putting forth a nominee next week. It will be a woman. I think it should be a woman because I actually like women more than men. Unquote. Now you know why everyone is so anxious. In case you missed it, Trump recently had yet another case of sexual harassment levelled against him by Amy Doris, a former model who said that he assaulted her during the US Open in 1997, leaving her feeling sick and violated. And now for some homegrown stuff from Newslaundry.com. In this week's episode of News Laundry Hafta, Abhinandan Sekri and Raman Kirpal were joined by Revati Lal, an independent journalist and the author of The Anatomy of Hate, and Abantika Ghosh, who is a journalist with The Print. Here is a clip from their conversation discussing COVID-19 vaccines. Let me see uh, what the, our panel thinks. Revati, would you take that vaccine, the Russian vaccine, if it was in the market next month? I don't mind. I'm quite trigger happy when it comes to medicine. But the larger uh, uh, point, I think, the politics around uh, what what is okay, what is acceptable, is a vaccine from Oxford more acceptable than one from Russia? Uh, those are questions actually that are more interesting for me as a journalist. How about you, Abantika? Would you take the vaccine if it were available next month in the market, the Russian one? Not next month. No, no way. If it's available next month, I'm not taking it. Any, not just a Russian one, Oxford, Oxford, koi bhi. Next month, if koi bhi available, hai, I'm not taking it. I see. There has to be a time period. Okay, but but you you don't have a problem with the Russian vaccine. It's not Chinese goods, mat kharidna. You don't have that. I mean, that's not a problem for you, right? No, and also, frankly, you know, I've been out. It's it's a little problematic to say this, but I've been out the entire lockdown. I've been reporting. I've been out on. I mean, I've been meeting people who've tested positive later and all of that. But I think for me, the best vaccine that has worked, not even masks, is washing hands. So I would probably not even queue up like early on for any vaccine, even later on. Listen to the complete episode on our website, newslaundry.com. The panel, apart from discussing COVID-19, also talked about Sudarshan TV's problematic show on UPSC Jihad, the arrest of Umar Khalid and the Delhi police's investigation into the riots of February 2020. That's all for today. Have a great day or a good night, depending on where you're listening from. See you tomorrow. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And subscribe to our YouTube channel.